Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show Hearts Club podcast. This episode was recorded while my podcast was still called GSOH. Don't be confused, you're in the right place. Episode 3 Alistair Griggs. Yeah, he's good. Can you hear the bells? Can you? Those are the bells of Toddington. And you are listening to... Oh, come on. Literally, every time I try and be professional, it gets ruined by some sort of audio interruption. And yet, I know in my heart that this is audio gold. So yeah, here we are with the third episode ever of GSOH, um, the podcast where I claim to have a good sense of humour and also claim to know other people with good senses of humour in the hope that us talking to each other will make you lovely sods laugh and agree that GSOH isn't as bad a title as Matt likes to pretend it is. Um, the person I want to introduce you to do, 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 we're gonna introduce you to do. See, even if I stumble, I can immediately turn it into something very quickly. It's like being with Billy Connolly or Bill Hicks or Peter Cook. Right. So yeah, the guy I want to introduce you to today has been a mate of mine for a uh, probably about 10 years now, Jesus. And he is a fellow comedy writer called Alistair Griggs. Now, I would reel off his credits and go, Alistair Griggs, but I haven't got a fucking clue what he's done. I just know that he's another disgruntled comedy writer that I've come out of various meetings with and gone, oh, should we get a pint? And then we've all sat there moaning. And then um, we go, oh, yeah, yeah, give us your number and whatever. And then... We struck up hmm, a sort of a friendship, more of a sort of um, like I was just sort of like taking him under my wing for the first uh, 
couple of years or few months at least of his career. When you're a new writer in in uh, in a situation where there's other writers there, it's quite it's quite intimidating. And I there's nothing I like more than intimidating um, someone new who looks like an idiot. And with a stupid face. No, I'm joking. Uh, Griggs um, did some very funny stuff on Armstrong and Miller back in the day. So that shows you how long ago that was. And he's done a load of stuff for Olivia Lee. He's written on... He's written on oh, I don't fucking know. And I don't care. That's the thing. I don't care. And I, I don't care enough to even Google it to tell you who he is. He's a good guy. He is a funny man. But like a lot of people I know, he is a comedy writer at the same time as being someone that constantly asks himself, what is this thing that that has become what we do? How does it work? Why doesn't it work like you want it to? What What's funny? Why, why did we think this was a good idea? All these existential, moany, writerly kind of um, questions... Um, scream round Alistair's head just as ferociously as they do mine. And Matthew's, you know, it's something we've all got in common. In fact, I think Matthew and Griggs would get on very well. That would be an interesting one to to put in a pub. Probably keep him away from Noel Gallagher, though. For reasons that will become apparent in the conversation that we had, um, which I recorded about, I don't know, a week or two ago. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I... You know, I'm still feeling my way around what this podcast is. And uh, I think it is right a bit of like what Matt was saying. And I've had a little bit of feedback from some of my gorgeous patrons who have just filled me with joy in the last week or so. Um, just sort of, uh, you know, supporting me in, in your droves and leaving me messages of support and just being brilliant and all that. But yeah, the thing I'm getting is, and I get this. Let's just have a chat and have fun with the guests. I have to say that when I recorded this podcast, I still thought that I was sort of being semi-comedy documentarian, kind of like you needed that angle. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we can, we you know, we get people on who are interested and who've done interesting stuff. It's it's nice to get their take on it, but I just think it should just be completely organic. And, and as you will discover... Again, uh, with this conversation, it really comes alive when we just start getting into life and who thinks what's funny and what's annoying and whatever. Like the things that piss people off are often the um, the funniest the funniest things because that's that's going to awaken the comedy brain, and it you know. So uh, it's certainly the case with me. In fact, I was told to do that very specifically by a lovely guy called. Ben Cordell, very many years ago when I was a brand new writer and he was like, look, think about what you hate and come back to us with some ideas. So that's always good advice from anybody who might be listening out there who is wanting to start getting down what they think is their good sense of humour and turn it into writing and doesn't know where to start. Just hate things. Um, what else can I say to you? I need you to know that I'm aware that in this conversation I quite regularly go into territory where I'm being 
really quite mean to Alistair because it's sort of our shtick. Uh, it's interesting because I can moan about it when Matthew's doing it, but here I am. Uh, yeah, I, not, I'm not proud of the way I treat Alistair. But the thing is, we, as you'll discover, we, we're sort of a little bit stuck in a loop now of this weird dynamic. And the other thing I want to say is that Alistair and I previously did a podcast for a while called Sick Minds, which is still out there. You could go off and find that if you wanted to go and listen to it. I think what would be more fun is I want you to get to know him on this over a few episodes. I'll probably have him, I'll definitely have him on like once a month because he's like someone that I've been meaning to do podcast with for a long time, even though we stopped the initial one that we did. So um, what I'm going to do is once you've heard him and then and if you like him and then go, oh, yeah, we'll get him on again and we'll just, you know, be a bit more straight from the off, just being awful. Then once you start to, to uh, if you dig us together, I will start to drop some bonus episodes of Sick Minds on here just so that it's easy for you to find them. So that would be a bit of fun. In uh, yeah, in Sick Minds, Griggs and I almost did it as a as a as a two. Well, not almost. I mean, there was just two of us. You know what I mean? Like almost a two. Oh, how many of us are there? It's two. Stop. Nope. Nearly did Partridge voice. Shut up. Nanny will bully me if I do that can't have that we can't have a bullying triangle can we where i'm bullying alistair and matthew's bullying me it's not fair who's alistair gonna bully we're gonna have to get an even worse person in um that's the lowest of all of us maybe over over time in the comments we can sort of work out who is the most feeble member of the gsoh universe uh and we can all pile on them and really degrade ourselves and just become bestial, horrible people that have a lot of fun uh, making other people feel bad. Because that's something that um, a lot of people forget when it comes to bullying, isn't it? Is that um, although one person might really suffer, a lot of other people are having an absolute whale of a time. Look, I'm joking. I'm joking. Bullying is horrible. This is a safe space for us to just say the worst things and... Um, hopefully never be cancelled, banned, or punched in the face for it. Right then, I think that's probably quite enough fucking nattering about fuck all from me. Why don't you? Get your rubber gloves on, start to wash the dishes, and have a little listen to me talking to the most unintentionally funny man I know, Alistair Griggs. sense of humour. You are a mentally quite brittle man, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> You're quite brittle. And it's funny because um, it's funny because obviously I have loads of weaknesses and um, there are plenty of people out there who I could have a dynamic with where they could get to me but you're not that person. You see, in our in our relationship... Um, I've I've sort of got like it's like I've got a lasso around you, around your arms, and yeah. you're sort of walking in front of me, and I'm able to, for some reason, walk you through the desert, and sort of um, be 
a bit awful to you because we f- sort of fell into a shtick of of that dynamic some time ago and now there's sort of no way out of it is there yeah i i don't think we can ever speak to each other on any kind of equal human level no that doesn't that's that's gone isn't it yeah why it is would that? be completely disingenuous i i wouldn't feel right if you phoned me up and said, "Oh, hey, mate, how are you doing? Are you right?" That's Listen, so sad, do, you, isn't it? do you want to go for Do you want to go for a drink? That's... I'm just in the area. I, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't. What would you be thinking when if I did that? I, I don't know. You either you've been replaced by an alien. You've had some sort of complete mental collapse. I wouldn't. <laughs> I I wouldn't trust you, and I'd be. That's... I'd have to say to someone. I'd probably tell my girlfriend. I'd go. Nico's just phoned me and asked me for a drink, but he sounded like sort of nice so basically if I'm not being horrible to you you think there's something wrong yeah and that, that's <laughs> how that's really bad isn't it I mean is that is that abuse is this what yeah. this is is this the definition? I mean it would be if it wasn't for the fact that you like it so much I think that's I, I wonder if that's something to do with the fact that you fully accept me. I, I, I that, that's what's so horrible about it. Is that I feel so safe. Oh, oh God! I can't. You're, quite... We're getting right to the nub of it right at the beginning. Yeah. This is amazing. I and actually, you apart from apart from my girlfriend and maybe my own your father, girlfriend. What's your girlfriend's name? <laughs> right. Okay. So this is let the viewers, the listeners know about this. My my girlfriend's called Lauren. Oh right, that's it. Yeah. I where, always forget. I forget what she's really called. Yeah, but that's that. the thing because you refer to her as Helen. Yeah. And and now you refer to her as Helen a lot yeah, of the time. Helen. And then the other day, I I I actually this is true. I actually saw this woman in in St Pancras Station, and I thought, you know. That could be her. As far as I can remember, that might be Helen. And I thought, oh, I must, I must tell Alistair that I saw. And I just thought, I just can't remember what she's really called. And I thought, this is really not healthy. <laughs> this is not nice. <laughs> and it wasn't even her either, was it? I was like, would Helen no. have been in St Pancras? And you were like, no. And I was like, well, then I have nothing for you. <laughs> there is nothing else to say. And you, it just like, even... Even that was just sort of me treating you like a sort of bit of chewing gum. Oh. Do you know, like, it's like um, one day I'll, I might marry her. And what I've actually thought about this. What's going to pain me is that I'm going to have to invite you to the wedding. Oh, yeah. And I'll I'm going to then have to... I'll be there. Endure. Smirking at you as you go up yeah. the aisle. And, and, and I'm going to hate the fact that you're there watching me try and be a normal human and you're basically in my head ruining the day <laughs> already because because I can't like my mum and dad they're going oh we're so proud and they're going oh hello everyone and, and I'm going through the structure the procedure of being a human being <laughs> and you're just laughing at it and I I don't I won't, I won't laugh at it but you know that if you don't know where I am in that crowd all you need to do is is look for the one head that's shaking from side to side yeah, that's it and you'll do it and you'll go oh god I know where he is now I know where he is I've seen him 
in a way, it's an incredible bond. And, and it's, our, like, it's a joke we've had, isn't it, about you getting married, is that with, the, with how deep I've got into your psyche and retained this position of power that we almost make into a joke that's like I'm some sort of malevolent sort of... Um, what do you call it? You know, when they brainwash someone, in, terrorists brainwash someone. Uh, it happened to... Um, Damien Lewis in, in the early Homeland thing, and oh, it is yeah. the, uh, the the terrorist leader was had basically become like a father figure to him, but he was basically brainwashing him and reprogramming him for jihad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've basically made that our joke, but now it's like we don't know how to do anything else, and it makes us laugh. And then I go too far, and then and then occasionally we'll have a sort of. Look, you know, like I know I'm, I'm doing it a lot. I've done it a lot in the last couple of weeks, and you're like going, "I'm I'm falling apart." And then I'll go, "Shall I? Shall I?" You know, I'm sorry. Shall we? Shall we stop it? And then you'll go, "But I like it." <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking horrible, but it's also interesting, and this is why I'm making GSOH about dynamics and what's funny between specific people. And why that works, and why that's funny, and I'm sure it's true of everyone that they have slightly different humor dyna- dynamics with different people. But I think it's particularly true with me, as someone that likes. I just like that kind of one-to-one line of communication you get with someone, and that that private joke sort of part of a relationship. It go- it goes deep, man. Even though it, it on mm. its surface, it's quite a. It's only it's like a bit of a one trick pony thing, isn't it? It's like that's our thing. Yeah, that's what I do with you. We are constantly. It's it's like we're on the phone to each other, even though we're not. We're we're permanently on an intercom, or I could just yeah. So just to explain, just to explain to the uh, to our lovely patrons, um, if I'm if I if you come into my head and I'm sort of just like wasting a bit of time messing around or waiting for something. And then um, I think oh, I've not I've not heard from Alistair for a couple of weeks. I I will just press I'll, I'll press my little voice note microphone on on the WhatsApp, and I'll just go Alistair <laughs> <laughs> like that, right? Alistair, you've been avoiding me, and then I'll start leaving you messages that are intended to sort of make you a bit nervous that um, in some way you've done something wrong or and um, one of the little sort of jokey fantasy things we've invented is where I call it that you're almost you're almost ready to perform the function, <laughs> Alistair, and you're like yes, master, and yeah, and that's it. You actually call me master. I mean, I'm I'm naturally I think quite servile. I think I'm just I'm very good at following orders, carrying out things. I just this is it. You, you've 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 programmed me. You've got to the nub of my core. I think that's what it is. Is like I, I, with different mates, I feel like I'm quite a good judge of character. I'm not. I can't say I'm always right because I've obviously met and disposed of some people over my life who've been cunts. <laughs> but um, in finding that nub, all I'm trying to do is have a laugh with that nub and go like, oh, I get it. And so like. You, I found that that frequency, but then the, the weird bit is like when you said this is almost like quite a. It's sort of abusive, but it's kind of like we're both playing a game. 
I mean, that's what, like, lad culture, blokes are like that anyway, where it's, like, in jokes and ribbing each other and whatever, but it's sort of... It, it goes beyond it that. It goes beyond, it no. goes well beyond it, that. It's a it? purer form. It's, I say, it's almost evolved. It's, it's lad culture I, with, like, Freud but, in it. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, I think because you say lots of things, and this will we'll come to this... You say lots of things I can't fucking believe that that's what you think and where it's come from. So you've you sort of revealed yourself to me to have an interesting, shall we say, slightly off-kilter, slightly emotionally distant and... Um, mm. I don't know how you'd describe it, but your mind, your 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 moral compass even, your sort of understanding of empathy and all those sorts of things is so different from mine that that's where it came from. It's just me basically trying to poke you to get more weird views out of you, which mm. which is why we did. And if there's any completists out there that would like to hear some more of Alistair and I being awful, we, we did do a podcast series called Sick Minds, which you can still find out there. I think we did about 10 episodes or something. It's quite That's good right, fun. Yeah. Got some good guests on yeah. it. And that was all about um, exploring the intrusive thoughts and the weird stuff that both of us think, because that's something we bonded over. Mm. But as we went on, it became clear that I can pull that stuff up, as I do with, with like, when me and Matt uh, Morgan are chatting. There's a lot of going there to, like, quite weird places, and it's really good fun, and he's really good at it, and we buzz off each other. And we were doing the same thing, but the more and more I talk to you, the more it became clear that what's really funny about me and you talking is that you will you are one of the only people i know i feel like nothing surprises me you are one of the only people i know that you will tell me your view on something and i will be blown away that that is what a, a human person can be thinking that i'm friends with in 2021 on planet yeah. earth yeah and it's uh it's a skill and, uh, and I don't often compliment you, and I shan't be doing it again, yeah. just so you know. Yeah, don't stick but it to is the dynamic. A skill. It's a skill. It, well, it's a no. It's not. Is it a skill? No. It's a. It's a flaw that I intend to exploit for my own financial and creative gain. Yeah. But calling it a skill to you keeps you on board. Yeah. God, it works. Oh, it works. Um, what am I, what was, was I going to say? Um, let's let's explore Alistair's mind a little bit. I think that might be a good thing to do because mm -hmm. we're just sort of talking round something that people aren't familiar with yet. So some of the things that we talked about on Sick Minds were interesting. Um, so at the risk of us having a conversation that we've had before, can you explain to? our lovely listeners, what your attitude to music is, for example? Um, it's difficult. I, broadly, I sort of don't see the point of it. It's, it's, it's kind of like I, um, I, I appreciate it. It, it, like, Even that, you're just trying to say you appreciate it. You don't it, appreciate it. Well, I, 
what I feel music is is a sort of a manipulative thing, which <laughs> which makes me, which exploits my kind of like human need for rhythm. That's all it is. Have you, like when, have you got it, a human re- need for rhythm? Well, I think everyone does. I think we're programmed like biologically somewhere. Kind of, we like a beat, but that's all I hear. I just feel like, well, but this thing is just a pulse. It, it just knows that I'll like it, and that's all. Music I knows that you like it. Yeah, and it's you know, and it just knows that I will, I will sway. So I feel manipulated by it. I don't. Right. So in effect, it's almost like a. A snake, you know those snakes that rise up and then yeah. hypnotize their prey. That's it. And so I you see it as evil in a way. Yeah, well, it's it just sort of banal. I, I like this this <laughs> this force which the just... entire history of music. <laughs> I know. know it's good, and it's I can appreciate. I know it's go... good. Even just the way you say that, I know it's good. Like, it's just, there's just like, it's like you're being fed words by a computer. Say, I know, it's good. <laughs> what do you mean you know it's good? You've got one song in the world that you've told me that it's the only song you like, which in itself is insane. Can you tell the listeners oh, what um, your one song um, is? Automatic by the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Oh, God. It's good. Like, I... It's good. I, I like other ones. I it's hear good. them. Yeah. I hear them on it's the. It's the only song. What do you mean? It's good. How how is that one song somehow fits into your software and all of the other bits of music in the universe ever are like irrelevant and manipulative? But I have found one algorithm that fits the Alistair Griggs. It, I, I've honestly no idea. It just somehow I when I heard it. And I sometimes play it, and it just, I just kind of like <laughs> it. I, like, I think I like, how does it go? Like, oh, I, don't I just, the, 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 then I like it. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but I also have, like, an awful, consequently, I don't have appalling musical knowledge. I don't, well, like, yeah. I'll say, oh, I like this one. Who's this by? And someone will go, what do you mean? It's Oasis, or it's, Mm. I don't know, whoever. And I'll just go, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good one. But you... I don't... Also, I mean, when I was young, I never, ever bought albums. Mm. And I think that's because I, I don't... Ugh, there's something, again, I, I don't see the point in kind of accumulating sound. Accumulating <laughs> <laughs> sounds! But then I don't know how... T- this is the thing. I always... Uh, remember on the rare occasion, and then probably like three or four times in my life, I bought an album. I've then put the... When it was like as a teenager, I put it in the CD machine. And then I don't know what to do. <laughs> you don't know what to do. What? But then what this is the think? thing, because I... But then that's the thing, it, it, the, the act of, what, do I merely listen? It feels so do, utterly passive, I just sit there and listen. Merely listen. No, you merely listen and you sort of enjoy it and you feel things and you feel a bit connected to, like you say, rhythm and to pulses and to just a sense of landscape and of sonic 
I just, it's so, it feels so inactive. I remember <laughs> I used to look at the, it would have the timings of the songs and it would say three, 23, three minutes, 23 seconds. And I'd be like, oh, and I'd play like the short so ones. So you, you like, prefer I, I, watching the numbers? Well, I'd just be, I'd, I'd really hate the long, it would say 3.23 and I'd, I'd start playing it and I'd just be thinking, I've got to then sit here and listen to this for three minutes and 23 seconds, which is quite a long time when you're sort of not. Oh, God. I hope by now, I feel like already anyone listening to this will fully understand why I have committed to the, about the last seven years of just basically with your permission because you're a pervert bullying you yeah it's amazing also another one is that you said um you can't stand the sound of the sea you don't like the beach yeah right and because what was it because it never stops or something it never stops i didn't discover that until i was i was doing a an advert i was filming in ghana in this beautiful location this amazing beach but we were right by the beach all the time and it would it's incessant <laughs> you well, know, the, the sound the of the sea is incessant yeah it, it doesn't it never stops it, it never stops that's the thing and i think people don't appreciate does that get to you or something I, I, yeah i can't believe i cannot believe people go I can't believe people buy houses on the beach and then are okay <laughs> listening to that. It's the crashing of water. The, the water then breaks again, the same sound over and over again. And it, For it's, millennia. Yeah, it's, I think it's maddening. Have you ever experienced genuine silence? Like a... Like, being like, because it's like you are a machine, isn't it? Right. So, you know, mm. if if a machine finally, if you muted something or you turn a microphone off or you just unplugged, you know, if you if you unplug speakers, the stereo can't make any sound. Would you like to experience f full deafening silence? It's like, yeah, if I had control over it, absolutely. Would you move through the? If you had a, a volume button on the world. Would you turn it to zero to walk around? Yes. Would you need to be able to hear your breath so that you feel like you're alive, or do you not care? It wouldn't matter. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I watched 80% um, of the England-Scotland game recently with the sound off. Oh, yeah. And I was just watching the television sat on the couch completely in silence watching it. That's sort of understandable. It's sort I of guess. better without the annoying pricks pretending that this isn't awful. Yeah. And but, I was I was just mm, like, oh Amazing. But so we're both we're both we've worked together. Where did we meet? We start we first met um I think it was working at Armstrong and Miller. That's right, yeah. And it's strange this is strange, right? And the same thing happened like I've got friend friends that were that I met when I first started and they were already writers, so you sort of thought of them as senior. And that'd be like mm. my friends Al uh, Ali Crockett and Dave Scott. So it's like yeah. we were new and a bit naive and all keen. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then I did, I did, I don't know, what, what series did you come into? Uh, two. Right, yeah. So basically I was, 
It was like being a fresher, innit? You you came on. Yeah. We went to there was one of those nights at the Hen and Chickens or wherever where they try out some sketches in front of an audience. And quite honestly, it's kind of mind blowing going and watching that when, when you're fairly new to writing scripts for, for people off the telly and then you go along and you see people turn up and watch it and they act it out and some people laugh. It's a it's a real buzz. Yeah. But I when I first met you we were already in there, and then you came along, and you were, you know, you were now the one we was wet behind the ears, and you know, like we didn't like flush your head down the toilet or anything. But, <laughs> but then, <clears throat> you know, over the years, as 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 gets discussed all the time um, when we talk to Matt, and certainly in a lot of what Matt does, because he does talk about being a screenwriter and working in telly and all that sort of stuff quite a lot so this audience are quite um, a lot of them are quite up for that sort of insight um, we have supported each other through the trials and tribulations of being a comedy writer in modern Britain haven't we over the last yes, few years we have. and that can that can be a very bleak a very bleak place but it does make us laugh. Like it's like, I think it's one of the things that bonds us, and is one of the things we laugh about most, is a sort of sense of hopelessness of, of what we've chosen to do for a living. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh God, yeah. What? Hundred percent. I, I I described something to you the other week, didn't I? About um, <clears throat> just sort of like put quite a bit of effort into. Pardon me, I'm just moving. Pardon noise. I put quite a bit bit of effort into writing a pilot, getting some stuff filmed, writing a treatment, getting, you know, and that's before, it's like months and months of mucking around with something, not even put it in front of anyone yet. And so you're effectively like, it's like you're building a car from scratch or something, right? Mm. And just like, oh, this is so exciting. And look, the wheels, we'll put the wheels on and then we'll, <laughs> look, we'll tinker with an engine and we'll, oh, well, God, look, it starts, it starts. And we've driven it around and yeah, it seems to work. Now we just need to take it to one of the official car people and say, can this be a car, please? And then they get hold of it and they're like, uh, we've already got quite a lot of cars like this or, or this isn't. We don't see this as a car, or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And then I, I use that analogy to you that when you have worked on like a script or, especially spec, but even even on sort of paid jobs, you hand over this thing that you're hoping could become like your dream come true, TV series that makes you loads of money and wins loads of awards and all that shit, and they they basically go, oh thank you, yeah yeah we'll put it over here. And and what it's like is it's like if you went around to someone's house and they're having like a party with loads of cool booze and expensive cocktails and whatever, and you handed them like an oldie, a little packet of those little glass stubby little beers that are they've got about two hundred cl in them. Is it cl or ml? I don't know. So like See, moody yeah. moody little Belgian um, booze cruise beers. And what what that what what in in many cases uh, all the production company can really do with what you've given them, because it's not really up to them whether it gets made anyway, is they just all they can do is go and sort of put it in the garage, yeah, on the floor near all the other spare beer, <laughs> on the off chance that at some point someone somewhere is going to be like, oh yeah, we need that beer now. Yes, and they go, oh, 
and they might try one or two and then they'll put it back and and stick to the Stella <laughs> but it's just this it's just the effort that you that you go to to create something whether it's my imaginary um, self-built car a, a wonderful cake or 24 small Belgian beers but you've worked on this thing that you fucking tear your hair out over it and then you just sort of go there it is can you please yeah. make someone like it and then they're like yeah a hundred people have to not like it first and you you do that again and again and again in order even say to get to the point where you make a pilot right mm. how long have you been working in in comedy or telly now Oh, God, like 10, 11 years? Maybe more? Tw hang on, 12... When was my... Th bloody hell, actually... It's more than that, isn't it? It is? No, oh, my God, it's... it's 14 years. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh my first ever... Oh, Alistair. That's bad, isn't it? <laughs> Alistair, it, oh, no. it feels like it feels like you're ignoring the elephant in the room. What's that? <laughs> oh, don't don't you know? The elephant can see you, Alistair. Fourteen years <laughs> of your life. No, but we've had loads of conversation. And by the way, that little voice. This is interesting. That little voice of. I think we're going to have to um, have a little look at little Alistair. I've basically ended up nicking a voice that we've been doing to each other, mm. which is actually basically us channeling Emperor Palpatine when he's sarcastic in which film? Star Wars, uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes, but but also then in the prequels was that bit where oh yeah Anakin's going to kill him. And he's, and, he, and he's Revenge of the Sith, and he's been That's all right. passive aggressive. Then, basically, yeah. that we 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 had an observation ages ago about um, Emperor Palpatine being kind of really passive aggressive and camp, mm. and we do it to petty, each other. Very petty, petty, really petty. Mm. What was it? Well, yeah, what was it? He says. He goes, "Oh, I'm afraid this battle station <laughs> is fully operational." Almost the same. Oh, oh didn't, didn't oh, you know? Oh. oh, you you came here thinking that you could somehow stop the giant laser from blowing up another planet. Oh, did I forget to tell you that the battle station's operational? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm Just sure very... we will be quite safe from your little band of friends. That's very good. Is that good? That was good. We did we did a few impressions on Matt's show a few weeks ago, and mm. we basically rinsed the shit out of it, and it was uh, embarrassing. But some of it was good, and then Terry Minot did a recording of what they all should sound like and oh. wiped the floor with us. But anyway, I'll come back to impressions, because <laughs> you have actually got a few up your sleeve. I'll give you that. Yes, I do. It's one of the few things where I ever give you any credit. But, but but fuck that because that's not what you're here for. Yeah. Um, so Palpatine became a little. That voice became. I then used that passive aggressive, slightly camp, um, lovey actor voice 
to to play the master role when I'm winding you up, right? Mm-hmm. But then, when I've done uh, this pilot recently, and I did this character in it called Alan Crisp, who I actually intended to make him sound like Richard Burton and make him more slightly deep and Welsh, and not even Welsh, but just somewhere on the line of sounding lovey and deep and having this sort of attitude. But on the day, when I put all the outfit on and everything, he just ended up talking like this. And Alan Crisp became a rather passive-aggressive, petty little man. (laughs) And then I put this, like, outfit on and eye makeup and whatever, and then I filmed a couple of little videos, put it on Instagram, and loads of people went, oh, we like Alan Crisp. So now... Alan Crisp, I can't over oversell him because there's not enough of him exists yet. But he has been worked on as a thing to uh, engage with people on Instagram. But also, I am going to be making exclusive Alan Crisp proper video content only for Patreon. So I'm going to kind of like showcase him a little bit mm. on Instagram, but he's going to be in here. But it's in, it's just weird how these these little things have a journey. It's like a thing we thought was funny, and then it evolves into like almost like a a, a bullying stick for a joke, a yeah. funny a funny joke that doesn't really hurt you, <laughs> and that you're fine with. And then I just go, no, actually, I'm going to steal that back and make it just all mine again and all about me. How do you feel about that? Yeah. So, so what you're saying? I have some investment in this. Not not a chance. No, is it? No, not yeah. really. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And that's and, and you're fine with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Alistair, do you feel like I've stolen from you? No, no. Is that? Are you complaining? I I'd never do that. I wouldn't advise you complain, Alistair. Have you ever? Have you ever wanted to say something to me? And then thought, no, I can't. Uh, yeah, but I think the trouble is it would probably be vicious. <laughs> well, listen to you. Psychopathic. Well, stuff. listen to you. This is what yeah. happens: is when you start overstepping the mark, you have this look on your face when you say, "I could say things." Yeah, and you think that you've got this like arsenal of nuclear fucking comments but what always makes me laugh about that is that your understanding of my inner universe is so feeble and so ill-formed based on on you know a man who doesn't really understand the workings of a of of sort of psychology and all that sort of thing that it's horrible because then it's like you could throw everything at me that you thought was going to destroy me and it just all bounce off me and I'd be laughing. Yeah, and then, and that, and then the I do it back. The... I do it back and it's like there's like flames coming out of my eyes and my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest fear, isn't it? That I, I, I have the weapons and I know that they're ultimately useless. I kid myself that there's some power in them. There is. Well, but... I've told you there is one. You have one powerful weapon you could use against me and it would change our dynamic in a heartbeat but you just are not you don't have the software to be able to work it out no, <laughs> you don't, you've mentioned this before and such a shame 
I'm not going to lie, it's maddening yeah, to know that. Yeah, I bet. And I think about myself, maybe on my deathbed, it will hit me. <laughs> my final gasp oh, will be, it, it, oh, it, You'll start be... saying it and I'll just put my hand on your little papery hand. <laughs> and I'll just go, it doesn't matter now, Alistair. <laughs> but it will. Uh, let me say it. Uh. I'll clutch at everyone. I'll try and get And then pen you'll and paper. just as your eyes close, you'll see me holding Helen's hand. <laughs> It'd be the last thing you ever see. <laughs> that was the the horrible joke that we've we've when we leave each other awful voice messages is is of being at your wedding where you're marrying her, but then <laughs> you're dancing and like I'm dancing with Helen who and who isn't Helen, and then you're like like it's like I'm I'm talking to her a bit too intently, and then maybe she's sort of crying and. And then we're, we're we're just sort of like thrashing something out that we we're hoping is secretly, and <laughs> like trying to get trying to get to us to see what we're talking about. But you can't you can't get through the people. You can't get through the people, Alistair, because uh, he's doing it again. He's it's, doing it again. And it, 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 yeah, it's also that I'm you're dancing with her, and I'm I have to do that thing of pretending it's all a joke, and I'm turning to people coming going, can, can you believe this guy? Like, oh God, they've and always been of, like this. But it's like, but everyone's looking really serious. Like something's clearly wrong here. This, you know, as if, as if basically we've been in a relationship for like twelve years, <laughs> and the whole thing's been like a, a sham. And then I have to like punch you, <laughs> and, and everyone cheers, and it's like because I'm who everyone thinks she should really marry. Oh, and I find out that I'm the bad guy in my own narrative. <laughs> It's so horrible, isn't it? Oh. That would be the that would be the twist. That would be the twist. Which and everyone's like that. I am. Yeah, yeah. Holding us, holding us both aloft on chairs, like at a Jewish I'm wedding. I'm terrified because I do not understand how this has happened. She's done it. She's done it. She's escaped. You should have known, Alistair. Leave here, Alistair. Even my mother's saying, like, well, you, you know, think about what you've done. Think about what you've done. I don't know. Did you do anything? I thought it was a joke. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. God. Anyway, that's that's all the awful, weird, in-jokey stuff. GSOH is also about wondering, Alistair, what... Considering you've got such sort of lizard blood and you're such a cold, hmm. sort of reptilian heartless throbbing cold <laughs> corpse of a man <laughs> yeah. what is it about making people laugh and because you don't even like laughter this is this I'm gonna get to this quickly here I was gonna ask what is it about comedy what was it about laughter and comedy and that made you want to do that and then start doing it given that you've that you've once told me, that you hate the giggling masses and you don't even like you've got contempt for a laugh, a laughing audience that sounds so bad doesn't it but it's bad enough it, it, it I, don't, oh, I don't I don't know it's something that again it's like the ocean thing there's something about that which you're a comedy writer Mm. I could understand you saying 
Oh, God. You know, like, just as a, as a, a total misanthrope to say, I don't understand comedy at all. It's just elicits a response from the stomach and the lungs and whatever. And, like, to, rational, to scientifically rationalise laughter and see it as weak or ridiculous, something that you could imagine Goebbels <laughs> <laughs> getting on board with, right? Fair enough. But Goebbels didn't put himself in the position of writing sketches on the Armstrong and Miller show, did he? No. I think it's something, for me, it's more that maybe I... Oh, again, but I, I sound like, like I'm... The moment you mentioned Goebbels, though, I started thinking, but maybe there was something in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think maybe he was onto something about... If he, if he was talking about comedy and that... Well, he wasn't. I, he wasn't. I he made think, that up. But I think it's to do with maybe I like. I really like how things work, like a, a comedy or a sketch works. Or I, I really love how something can build or the ideas. Um, so I'm quite distant in that regard. Wow. But I don't particularly like the idea of people queuing up at the fringe. To go into a room to laugh, I can't and have a good time. Yeah, be that, social. then I just feel like well, it's also I'm, I'm like I've never done. I, I only I only did stand up once. So I didn't like it so much that I never thought that I never got the bug. And I think it's because deep down, I think I had a sort of a contempt for the audience. <laughs> I think they probably like, so basically when they laughed, it offended you. Yeah, well, 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 well when. Right, yeah, I think it's when they laughed, I was sort of like, oh, yeah, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll say something else, shall I? Yeah, and then, and then they didn't laugh, and then I was sort of angry at them for not laughing, and I think the whole thing was just sort of like, I think it's because I, I overall I felt like, well, who are you? You don't know me. Why, why should I... <laughs> the arrogance of me. you. You, you come here and you expect that. I think that's you why. Come, I find that's, it. This is all stuff you should have said. I would, I would pay you. I would give you a hundred pounds to go right, Alistair. Just do, do a set. Get up and then just say what you're thinking to the people who are in front of you, and please let me record <laughs> it or watch or just watch you. Would it? Well, it would well, work, they're, they're, work for yeah. me. It would work for it'd me. Work for it'd work as a piece of entertainment to show a man <laughs> not what not to do. Yeah, but it's not even not what what not to do. It's just an amazing spectacle of someone getting up in front of a comedy audience who has a contempt for the whole idea of comedy, despite the fact that he works in comedy. I mean, it's just incredible. You I, are you are unique, Alistair Griggs. I feel maybe I feel in some way we will evolve beyond it, beyond laughter. Yeah, and I wonder if <laughs> what's if, beyond if, laughter. I just want to know. Silence, I think. <laughs> so, just like, it'll get to the point where when something thrills you and surprises you, that the reaction will be nothing. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Which is the greatest thing I can hope for, is just... But that plays into the thing that... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be shy about this, we did. We were talking about doing another podcast, weren't we? Mm. Following on from Sick Minds, 
But at the moment, I think there's an, a bit of a journey before we get there. I'd love people to fall in love with you and I talking more because then we could mm. later on down the line do the, the, the show that we were thinking about, which was which makes more sense once people know you, which was educating Alistair. Um, because yeah. it is just based on the fact that I've I've got sort of too much empathy and even though it doesn't sound like it when I talk to you, generally speaking I'm a bag of anxious nerves. Uh, I'm a people pleaser. I am very emotional, whether it's music, art, children, people's situations, the news. You know, I have to like avoid the news because it just gets me too depressed. All that sort of thing. Whereas you have this kind of droid-like, it's like you're like Terminator going through the world just assessing things numerically. Mm. And we, we, I think, are right to think that it'd be really funny taking you through some I mean, we could we could try it actually. For if you come mm. on for other episodes, if people take to you, yes, it's in, <laughs> yes. It's in the hands of the listeners. If they take to you, if they're not just like, please never get him on again. Yeah. He made me want to die. <laughs> um, we could we could we could try some of that stuff out. Let us know in the comments. But yeah, um, I guess I'm not your sort of typical YouTuber. Positive. No, but that's... you wouldn't book. You wouldn't book me for that. You wouldn't book me for my t- my my take. On but that is your value. News, yeah. That is your value. But the tragedy is, you don't get to enjoy the value, because the whole point of it is you've got your soul turned off, or it's just not in there. But I do like things. It's not like I. You don't like things. Go on. Go on. Say a thing you like. <laughs> Go on. Well, broadly, I like... Well, you, I don't don't, you, you think you're above animals. You said that you're a god compared to animals. Oh, animals. Oh. <laughs> right? You don't like music. You don't like the beach. My pain for animals came from when I worked on a show. I think you did as well. Do you remember Walk on the Wild Side? Uh, um, I did an even worse I'm, one. I, I actually sort of failed. I for animals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You wrote, you put words into them. And I, and the thing is, I did that job for every day for a month. And (laughs) what kind of things did you have to say for the animals? I was watching, they were sending me hours upon hours of animal footage from like Attenborough's archive. Mm. And I had to write sketches effectively for these animals. And the thing is, I'd resent them. Because animals just eat and walk around, and I would be so angry that I'd be sent another <laughs> bunch of oh the worst the worst ones were birds because birds just either eat or do rapid head movements kind of up and down and the thing is try getting a sketch out of that yeah well immediately you go right so he's he's like he looks like he's banging his head so he's at a concert well that's that's one okay you've done one but now you've got 10 now, more now he's banging his head and it looks like he's yeah, losing his it. mind and he's the worst one ever i remember and i think i was stuck on it for two hours <laughs> just watching again a kangaroo eating it was a close-up <laughs> Of a kangaroo 
munching for a minute. Yeah. It was just, and, 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 and then they and said, you have well, to can keep you do watching some? it over and over and over. And I found, I found an angle. I couldn't believe it. And in the end, I was kind of proud of it. And that, and in a way, that disgusted me the most. Was that <laughs> I was proud of what I'd achieved. Oh. And I was like, oh, well done. And then I probably had a beer and went, oh, fuck, I did it in the end. I stuck with it. Oh, my God. I know exactly how you feel. Like, even though I actually enjoy them jobs because you have to just keep moving, the mm. hardest one I've had like that, and it was sort of fun. Uh, a few years back, I did two things that were like clips. One was called Oops TV. I did that as well. Which you did as well. Yeah. And another one was then, you might have done this as well, Mr. T's World's Craziest Fools. No. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 like, in every fucking batch of clips, you had to... You were, you were inevitably going to end up writing, a pity the fool who has to pick up this oh. wedding cake. Oh, God. <laughs> but that might, be, that might actually come across all right when it's in the show and he's saying it, but when you're just in a drab office <laughs> right, for, for eight hours, like five days, and you've watched these clips again and again and again of, of like what you're saying, like of, say, a wedding cake falling over, and you're like, all right, I need... To think, and you just would watch the clip again and just see if anything. Well, he's wearing blue trousers, so I could. And then, well, the cake falls on the floor, and well, that, and then I just watch it again because, uh, and it all gets a bit starts to be a bit clockwork orange, where you're just watching mm. this thing again and again, and then you're just like that. I pity the fool <laughs> <laughs> who has to pick up this wedding cake. Full stop. And then you're like, right, well, I've done that one. Oh, now I've got to think. You've got to think of at least, so you say, four jokes. So you watch it again. And the cake, and there's the cake, and it falls. And the, the man's got the blue trousers. And I've already said I pity the fool. And <laughs> it gets so fucking you'd, hard. You'd go through. Um, did you go through sort of the structural cliches? Like immediately there, I thought of oh, the one where you go, oh, this year's Bake Off is a bit budget. Oh yeah, very you, good. you just you just link all or the other one is someone has the barest physical resemblance to a celebrity, the th- most thin possible yeah, resemblance. Like, yeah, that floor. I hope at least the floor's clean. You could eat your cake off it. Mm, yeah. Someone says, "Oh, but, but, but whatever it is that comes into your head, it is. It's uh, on on a loop of about every thirty minutes. I write a bunch of things, look at what I've written." And just hate myself, for, for, because you've got to say these pithy, um, slightly patronising, jaunty things, because that's the job. And you might even be doing it well, but you're still like, oh my god, I'm putting just this, these platitudes into people's mouths mm. for a living. Oh my god, who am I? And that coupled with seeing the imagery again and again and again of like this really like shit raw footage off a camcorder. Again and again and again. It's utterly exhausting. It's really exhausting. Um, and when you were talking about animals, like, do you remember, like, I got really fucking depressed doing an, an even worse animal one, like, about two years ago. And I was sending you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was oh, sending yeah. you. I was showing you what I was stuck on and how utterly... Like basically on that on that day, I would have killed to have been on Walk on the Wild Side because it was that was like wasn't it Jason Manford and there, you know there was at least was, there was a spirit about it that it wanted yeah. to be 
quite fun and a bit irreverent and whatever, even though it was child-friendly. Hmm. So, like, at least it wanted to be clever. And, you know, did, in, yes. the, in the context of the audience that was watching it. Now, on this one, and I, I, I say I won't name it, I can't name it because I've actually deleted it out of my mind, but I was very, very, very grateful for the work because I was really skint and I was really struggling. And it was sort of the only thing I had on for a while, so I was really super happy to be there. And, uh, like, but it was like, it was so doomed not to be great because the situation was that... The people that had commissioned it, the channel and the person in charge, really wasn't really thinking of it as a funny thing and didn't have any comedy bone in them whatsoever and wanted it to be so basic and straightforward that it felt like what they were asking us to do was actually degrading. And they'd written a grid that it wasn't even like, right, just sit down and write some jokes. It was like someone had written like a matrix and we just had to like scroll down this sort of big document that had like little boxes in it and go moment four six eight two three nine comment required <laughs> and it would be like exactly what you're saying like a bird nodding no right or or like it'd be like a monkey and then the mum monkey is eating like a bit of bread and then like the little monkey's next to the mum monkey right and it was like she, the woman, the woman who was like the, the channel boss, had decided to write all the stuff in that she wanted herself in the document already, as if we were so stupid that that we. <laughs> and like when we tried to make it clever and funny and more like walk on the wild side, she rejected every single one of them, and were like, she wanted it to be like, oh, I want this to be like, hey mum, I want it's my turn now. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and um, and you're sitting there going right. So like the first day, you wrote loads of we all wrote loads of really good jokes, and then the second the second day, it was like she doesn't like any of that. Can you just make it like, hey mum, it's my turn now, but like not those words, but that. <laughs> so now, so now you're sitting there looking at this fucking monkey clip, and you're trying to work out how you say exactly what she said differently without changing it at all but please change it but make it better but make it the same yeah and yeah. then so you end not up that, not you're that. just frozen yeah. it's like it's almost the same as like say like being on stage and then going blank and forgetting a joke and then you you just and all you can do is keep watching the clip so you're watching this, <laughs> you're, you're watching this monkey just fucking eating with, with like all the like the unglamorous unedited background noise of like clattering at the zoo and all that you know and it fucking gets in your head and there was moments where i was so despondent doing that job that it was making me laugh how bad i felt and i thought oh i know he'll love this griggs so i was basically when i when i'm not into something and Here's the thing, Griggs. Me and Matt have been talking a lot about ADHD. Mm. And I think I'm actually... I've requested um, diagnosis. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see and find out whether I have actually got it. Because it may be part of partly a trait of that. If I'm doing something that I'm not really into, I find it hard to even fucking lift my hand up to type the letter do you know what i mean like yeah. if i'm if you say try and write some jokes about that i'll jump i'll jump at it my brain will will think of three or four smart ass things but once that lady has said no 
that's too clever, that's too smart arse, you have to do it this other way that's bland, then it's like my arms are dead. And I, I it's just I want to just slap my keyboard and let it just write whatever it wants, and I just like like that's a chimpanzee incredible. myself, I just fucking can't do it. So when I was in that mood, I felt so bad. And and Matt got into the same state actually on on a thing that we wrote together where he was just had his hand he had his head on the desk and he was just sighing and wanting like wanting to not be there. And um, I why, why? I, I do you remember I, I basically. I sent you a couple of like WhatsAppy videos of me saying, "Look, this is look at this clip, and look at this comment I've just written. This is what I'm doing today." And it was like it was like, like, "Hey, move over." What <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand is why did they even hire you in the first place then? Because what? Because of the box two four three six one nine eight comment needed here. That is logically the person you hire to f- to come along and fill in that thing. It's basically one of those moments where it's like, listen, fucking smart-ass creative scum. All you are, it's like with the Stuart Lee thing, is you are a content provider. We want that content. Please provide it. Mm. It's no one else's job. It's your job. So get on with it. And that's what I mean by like, I was genuinely grateful for the work, but I was literally like a 14-year-old who won't get out of bed whilst trying to do it because it was killing me so much that it was just so not funny. That's brutal. It's fucking funny though, but it is funny and it's also when you're working with other people like in a time in a in a situation like that. It's a little bit like when what we were saying about when I first met you and you were a bit greener than me or when mm. David and Ali first met me and David and we're really excited and they're already cynical and know how it's all going to go wrong and whatever and then you're just like come on. You I'm, I will not become one of these bitter you know, yet another bitter white male comedy writer moaning about how everything's against him, and it and it, there's no way of avoiding it. <laughs> there's yeah. no fucking way of avoiding it, except you just got to remember. You know, every now and again, stuff happens that is cool and it's fine, and you can not moan about it. And you, and it isn't the hardest thing in the world, and it isn't the shittest thing in the world, and we're just a bunch of fucking moaning pricks, really. But yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, you might just want to edit this bit, Nico, but I've probably got about 20 minutes left. Well, I'm not going to edit it. You'd try and embarrass me in front of my friends <laughs> and ruin my show. <laughs> no, edit, 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 edit. Oh, oh very clever. Mm, Don't you s- right. try and sabotage my show? Basically, yeah. Right. Um, well, we'll do one, one more bit, and then I'm going to fuck off mm. and put the match on. This is, but no, this, I remember. this is all edit. Hang on, I'm just doing a sort of okay. clap so I can see it. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you remember laughing? Did you? What did you find funny when you were small? Oh, um, really small. Well, not like three months old. <laughs> not like because that could be anything. It's like someone going boo, and you're like, ah. Do you think you laughed as a baby? I want to know that first. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I do. I I laughed. My my big well, I mean, partridge was my probably thing, which made me go, "Oh wow, this is incredible." Maybe before that, Red Dwarf. Maybe before that, I, I read like Spike Milligan books and Charlie oh, yeah. Brown and that. But but it, it's just 
I guess I get a bit fed up of the need. The need, what need? For it. For the need of for the, laughter. For, for the laughter, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, I would, I'd, I'd love to just take the piss out of you for it again. But I mean, I laugh all the time. I, I do. But at the same time, there's a bit of me that is sick of being funny, if you know what I mean. I don't mean, hey, I'm funny. Mm. I mean, no, my brain is telling me, right, here you go. Here's a, it's like it's handing me a funny thing to do. Although, say that, say that. Say that. It's like this fucking, it's like you've not got an acid reflux and just jokes mm. come up all the fucking time. And it gets to the point where you're just like, all right, I fucking get it. Everything's fucking <laughs> funny. Let, you know, and I'm not always is in that, that funny mood anyway, because obviously, like most comedy people, you also have that. The, the the darker stuff, the the sort of cynical stuff that keeps us going when we're, you know, when we're not doing the just me being horrible to you, when we're doing the, oh my god, what's it all for kind of stuff, which I also do with Matt. That hurts and it feels horrible and that that sort of feeling of a malaise is is awful, but it also is funny at the same time in a sort of subtle way, isn't it? Completely. The horror of life is funny. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, just to—I don't know. Like, just thinking about things like putting on a coat and going outside is. Oh yeah, you hate all the normal stuff. I forget about that. Yeah. You you sent me a message the other day that said you resented being in a body. Yeah. What's <laughs> it, 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 that? The other day, it, it's, I'm just sometimes very aware of my own human weakness as a as a humanoid. That I'm kind of like, why do I have to walk? Why do I have to lift the thing? What can't it? It's so, it's such weakness. <laughs> it's so limiting, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's God, completely limiting. Like, like all the shit I was talking about before, like this just basic but, stuff. My car's uh, died, and I have to. All these things that I have to do in order to just be in another car, in order to be able to then do other things, to like get like to go and get like some potatoes or something. Oh. It's just so fucking pointless. Oh god. Yeah, buying things. I think um, it's like, I, why, why do I need eyes to see? Uh, what, what, why everything's it, got eyes isn't it just don't you think that's weird it's like something yeah. fucking going on here <laughs> all these we're all supposed to be different creatures and I get I get the evolutionary thing like you know but at the same time it's it's just a bit weird that these weird and wonderful creatures have got fuck all in common with us and like oh yeah we've also got two eyes well, this is the, I, gotta have two eyes like, right guys yeah, what was it I was watching recently where they were saying um, your eyes are a part of your brain. Obviously, they're connected to the brain, but they're almost actually part of the brain. And it's like the, the, the eyeballs of your brain. And you need to think of it as it's the exposed part of your brain, which is then horrible. It's like you're. It's in the same way that the arsehole is the eye of your stomach. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got this system. Put the yeah. food in, and then the energy gets taken, and then that goes through there, and then it comes out there. It's just, and it, we're just like a building with like vents and pipes through us, aren't we? 
going. <laughs> I need to go and get potatoes so I can continue the function. That's it. We've. It's like um, when you're in meetings, and I always, if you're in a meeting, and then someone gets up because they have to go to the toilets. I sometimes think, isn't it weird that? That's just sort of accepted. Like someone has to, yeah, someone yeah. has to leave the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. Put their hand up in order say, to, they shit, have to leave shit and the room. piss needs to come out of my body. Yes, <laughs> fundamentally, they need to leave the room to yeah. go into another room to pull down their pants and fire out feces <laughs> into a bowl. <laughs> and then they have. To and we all know and it. Then they, and they come back in, and it's just sort of like, oh right. And the longer I mean, they what, take coming back in, about? the more certain we are that they've just basically yeah. defecated. And they've just done that, and it's like, it's oh, right, It's so okay. degrading, isn't it? I think that might be part of why people are liking this, even though there's definitely cons as well as pros to it, being at home and just dealing with yourself over pandemic and, like, working from home and all that. It's like it, it, people just don't have to know that you're having lunch or going to the toilet or just going, ugh. Completely. I sort of do, I miss, I think I miss, I don't know what I miss about the world. I know it's sort of coming back, but I miss the option of sort of having a little walk around and you see some other people and then you can have a cup of tea and then you're done. But mm. actually mainly being around loads of people and having to deal with their energy as well as yours, I feel like I could, I could, I wouldn't have thought it before, but I could live on the island that Luke's old Luke Skywalker lived on with those little puffins. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> space puffins. puffins. Yeah, Porgs, wasn't it? That's the name. Yeah, they sort of bombed, didn't they? Because they were like the new cute. Yeah, it didn't work. Didn't work because the film wasn't very good. No. Oh, I quite like that one. Well, that's a whole new. Oh yeah, leave that. I mean, that I don't. Is. But I'm not really a. Um, that that those series of films sort of live. People live and die by them. Whereas I was always a bit like, oh, I don't mind it. Oh, it's okay. Blah blah. blah. I'm not. Yeah, it was fun. I, I I was lucky enough to have a, a kid of appropriate age that wanted to go and see them all, and it was really fun doing it. But yeah. You know, someone was fired because the Porgs bombed. Someone at Disney went, you. Yeah. F- Fucking bastard. You asshole, you fucking asshole. I told you. <laughs> I told you the pogs weren't going to wake. <laughs> Tell you what has worked, though. Baby Yoda. Yeah. Absolutely genius. Really I literally... I like that. This is interesting. Yeah. How do you react to Baby Yoda? Because here's how I react. I'll say that first. Mandalorian. Love it. Love everything about it. It's like a spaghetti western... I love the music. I love the the sparsity. If that's mm. a word, sparseness. The sort of just you know, it's just all empty and slow and like sort of Sergio Leone esque. And then along comes fucking Baby Yoda, and I'm basically like almost like cooching at the screen, just going, oh, "Look!" Like I mm. really fell for him, or it, or whatever it is the child I really fucking loved it and so did George and we really felt bonded and all lovely and cuddly when he was on screen and like it was just like really that's why those things are in movies it's like parents and children are watching a thing and it's all cute and they can all 
feel that little glow of, of of what it is to love something cute and vulnerable. So how do you feel when you see Baby Yoda? I was impressed by the... <laughs> Go on. I was just I was impressed by the the, the mixture of uh puppetry and CGI. Okay. Um so more on a technical Yeah, I I I, I kind of Fact, I you're like... fascinated. What is this form that I am li- looking at that my girlfriend is crying about? <laughs> Tears are falling from her eyes. It's a sign of their weakness. Why is water coming from your eye? <laughs> so do, do you not sort of, did it not make you sort of go, oh, God, that's so cute. I would look after you, little baby Yoda. Don't you worry. I'd get you a biscuit. Mm, you not no, think that? No, I, I, no I, I don't know. I, I was sort of just, I could appreciate it for what it was. And if you I, see, what about if you see like a a cute baby in on the tube and and everyone's just sat there and it's like it's like a year and a half or two and then it and it's going like I like that man's hat mummy and everyone goes oh god he said it out loud and you're all looking at each other going oh my god how old is he how do you feel in that situation I like it I, <laughs> I like it, it but I like it baby but affirmative <laughs> I like it but I think if it if it continued for a bit too long I'd probably move <laughs> See, I get right into it and end up going, oh, you know, hey, do you, would you like a little break for a minute? I can, like, bounce the teddy around and I get yeah. right uh, with dogs, cats. I mean, you've, you know, you've seen me with, like, with next door's cat. It's become, like, literally, like, that's my, like, real life baby Yoda kind of. Mm. It's literally helped me when when you know cuz there's times i don't i don't have george all the time and there's times when there might be a little extra gap in me seeing him and all that and it's like oh man like the bit of me that was loving bringing up a little one and then that your kids get a bit older it's quite common for parents to sort of go right okay the kids are getting a bit older we need to get a pet cuz you need to baby something like almost broody like i'm not i don't think i am broody i don't want any more children but i'm i'm almost like oh i'm already thinking Hey, maybe one day George will have kids, and then I'll have grandchildren, and then I can be snuggly yeah. and fun and make stuff and be slightly wrinkly and fun. But you do, you don't relate to any of that. I, uh, it's not a crime. Just I know I do. I, I, you do. Again, what? I'm not. You I'm do not, what? I'm not emotionless. <laughs> well, come on then. Name name. I feel. Name I'm your four right? emotions. I feel like a robot who is having to justify his own existence in front of like a panel who wish to sort of exterminate him. Well, we're not. No, you. No one's going to ex, um, exterminate you or discontinue you. It just means we have the opportunity to improve the next model, doesn't it? I mean, you've seen Blade Runner. And just the fact that you've said that, I can see the virtue in what you're saying. I know that's what's horrible that's, about it. That's the thing. I'm, I'm glad agree. people have seen that because. Even though I am actually being mean, you actually go, yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah, that makes Please yeah. continue to pour the Kool-Aid down my throat, Nico. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I love doing this because, I don't know. I don't, uh, do you know what though? It's worth saying, because we have to wrap this up. You, you are and you always were, Alistair, allowed at any point to say, no more. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this joke anymore. Please. I 
for me to do that, I wouldn't be myself anymore. That would be, I, I can't, I can't imagine not doing that. I did, I did, I think I've, a few weeks ago I was a bit like, thought you'd gone a bit quiet and I thought maybe <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd basically bombarded you with one too many Palpatines that were just sort of, sometimes they go a bit feral, don't they? It gets a bit like Joker mm. when he's in. I sometimes go to a level of leaving you messages that sound like a maniac who's angry at you for not performing the function yet and all that. And then I thought, oh, do you know what? It's We're all in the pandemic and it's we've all been at home and you might not be earning any money. And, yeah. oh, man, I've just spent the last three weeks sending you basically threatening messages <laughs> about how you owe everything to me and all the rest of it. And some of it might be starting to seep in. Maybe I should. And then I, I sort of worried about it and, and talked to you. And then after, it went a bit quiet for a bit. And then you were like, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, Alistair. That's just... Alistair, it's time to send you away. Okay. You have talked very well in front of all the boys and girls. <laughs> Thank you. And they've begun to get the, the merest glimp of an, glimp? A glimpse of an insight into how your unique little computer mind works. What would you like to say to the listeners? Um, I'm just very grateful that they've listened and I've and, and I've got a very I'll warm feeling in my No, tummy. it just doesn't, seem, doesn't sound right. You've got a warm no, feeling. No, no, I mean I have a warm feeling in my tummy because it's probably of, WD the, 40. The, of the abuse. <laughs> <laughs> because of the abuse. <laughs> oh God, that's horrible. Yeah, so so abuse works. Oh. That's the message. I'm so sorry, everyone, that this is how this has gone. <laughs> but um, I have to say, while you're here, Alistair, I love your GSOH. And I Thank like you. our GSOH. And I hope you'll be back fairly regularly, depending on how creeped out everyone is. To um, for us to learn some more about each other, and um, you're welcome back anytime. I would like to do that. Good. I love you, Alistair. I love you too. You know that, don't you? You're yeah. my friend. <laughs> oh. You are. You're my friend. <sighs> you're always there for me when I need a little ego boost, aren't you? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Right. And on that weird note, I'm going to get rid of Alistair and then talk to the guys on my own again. Thanks for coming on GSOH, Alistair. Say thank you. Oh. <laughs> I thought you wanted me to be say, quiet. Just do as you're told. Say thank, thank you. Thank you. You're very you. welcome. Goodbye. He was a bit weird. I hope he gets him on again and makes him look stupid again. <laughs> Me again. Hi, I'm on my own again now. He's gone. Thank fucking God. Right, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Interesting chap. Am I right? Am I right? 
got a bit of a curveball going on there in the way that he sees things. My God, it's almost as if people are different. Um, yeah, I love Griggs. Uh, he's definitely coming on all the time. You will grow to adore him. Um, that's the end of the episode, really. But I just wanted to tell you that there's a few people who've said they'll come on. Shall I put a mouth on it? Well, I'm going to get Jason Hazley on, who I write with. Completely different type of guy. Extremely clever, extremely funny, and just a lot um, cleverer, posher, and nicer than me. Um, Al Murray says he's up for it. So um, now I've said it out loud, I'm going to work hard to make that conversation happen. And then there are other lovelies like um, Jessica Knappett, who is top, top value. Very funny girl. And there'll be more Matt. And there'll be more Griggs. And I'll see if I can get Ricky Grover to come on. Because you will not get a more anarchic, scarily funny man than Ricky Grover. So all of that to try and look forward to in the next few weeks. If I can get the stars to align. Um, so a little bit of housekeeping at the end. If somehow you're listening to this and you don't know of me anywhere else on social media, the only place I really hang out is Instagram, because I, I find it easy not to get involved in shitty social media arguments and posturing and uh, the culture war. I really want this to be somewhere away from the culture wars. I'm so done with all that noise that's going on out there. But yeah, you can get me on Instagram at RealNicoTats, T-A-T-Z. Another thing that I'm working on on the side is, um, and it's not like a big deal, but I'm going out there, I'm starting to get um, coin for sitting in corners of pubs and whatever, knocking out a few tunes and singing. Um, I'm whoring myself doing sort of ballady covers in a slightly rock and roll-esque Sun Studios type style, but also for years I've written my own songs and stuff. So uh, in the next few weeks, I'm going to be on Instagram. I'll be launching the page for that so that I can start getting booked and doing gigs. But the, the reason I mention it here is because I know I've got talking to a few musicians on here who look like they are, ex well, who I've seen are actually really talented and I am going to be looking over the months to sort of collaborate with people, go and hang out for a few hours or a day or whatever, get a little bit of music done and add it to what will be a sort of a YouTube channel um, that helps me get gigs. But I wondered whether you guys would like it if I shared that stuff if and when I do it with you lot. And like that can be put on here as well as kind of bonus content i think maybe the thing to do might be to tack it on the end and say hey that's the end of the show if you want to stick around then there's uh, a song or whatever that i've done with whoever um and if you don't like it you don't have to listen to it but also i am listening to you and if you think that that's like well why the fuck are you gonna put that on here i don't want to fucking see your aging fucking rocker dreams go and work in butlins if that's what you want dickhead then you're allowed to say so, but just be nice about it. You can call me a dickhead. Hey, sure you can. Just say it in a nice way, all right? 
All right, guys, that's enough farting on. Thank you again for listening. Can't wait to uh, speak to you again next week. And there will be daft things and updates and child's game and all the other stuff that you love popping up from time to time when I've got the time. And now it's time to say that's the end of the time. Good night. Bye. Good day. Good morning. I hope you're finished now. This is finished now. Bye. Good sense of humour is finished now. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I- I'm, I'm one. <laughs>